What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Happy New Year. DeWindy back for 2022. DeWindy YouTube coming. Brian Beto and post in the podcast, the coach, David Edelman, will be with us as we break down a red-hot Chicago Bulls team. Six wins in a row. Zach Levine playing amazing basketball. But DeMar DeRozan, wow. Best player on the team. 28 more points. 232 points. In the fourth quarter, leading everybody in the NBA. Think about that, by the way. Just think about that for a second. If someone told you at the beginning of the year, when we enter 2022, the Bulls would be 23-10, and 10, and DeMar DeRozan would be leading all scorers in the NBA in the fourth quarter. No one would have believed that. No one. Billy Donovan would not have believed it. Bulls head coach. I don't think Arturis would have believed it. I don't think Mark Eversley, who's close with DeMar, would have believed it. I don't even know if DeMar would have believed it. But that's what's going on. And the three at the horn yesterday, when he clearly lost track of time, don't know how. We'll discuss that coming up here. But uh, he dude hits it. Unbelievable. Uh, I do want to touch on a couple things before we get into the pod. Uh, number one. Uh, biggest story in Chicago, honestly, this week is the passing away of Jeff Dickerson, 44 years old. And just to throw my two cents of love in here, uh, J.D. was the nicest, hardest working, good guy going. I would go out and cover Bears games at Hallis Hall and you would sit in a cubicle and you walk into Hallis Hall for the Bears and it's just a very intense scene. A lot, of t- a lot of regulars covering the team for years and years and years, Brad Biggs and company, and it's it's just competitive. And Dickerson would be, hey, Carm, what's up, buddy? Anything you need, man? Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, what, Carm, what they do here first, like they'll have the coaches out there, but open locker room, this, I mean, he just went out of his way to be a good guy, and he's just sort of, understood what you needed, how he could help, and just a like a pleasant dude who was just willing to talk to you uh, rather than just sitting in this cubicle in dead silence waiting for Lovey Smith or whoever to speak. Uh, it made the day more fun. Um, and just uh, J.D. was a great, 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 great man. I, can't, I 44 years old, just absolutely brutal. Um, the support out there has been amazing to see. 
And a reminder to me to that you, you get back what you give in life. Um, you know, people donating well over a million dollars for his son, uh, 11 years old. Just, just, uh, hey man, I, I hope however this whole thing spins that you get to know uh, how much has, has come back your way because uh, you deserve to know that. So uh, Jeff Dickerson, RIP. John Madden, uh, too, by the way, they're going to have a moment of silence at Soldier Field tomorrow for, for Madden and Dickerson, uh, th- things that you never thought you would say. But uh, John Madden was the man. Sundays, Pat Summerall, 3 o'clock, Alcoa, fantastic finish. Even the video game, sure. But for me, it was childhood. Mike Dick is show at 11. NFL Today at 11.30. Here comes Brett Musburger. You're looking live. Bears game at noon. And then sudden uh, summer on Madden at, at 3 o'clock. It's getting dark outside. That summer all, southern drawl, and then Madden coming in there. That was some serious, some serious football love right there. Uh, a- absolutely a love John Madden. So some really cool stories out there, too, about uh, – Madden that people are sharing. One of them is that when when Daryl Stingley was uh, paralyzed uh, by the Raiders playing the Patriots, apparently the Patriots all got on their plane, the coaches, all, they all went home. Madden went to the hospital and became very good friends with a guy who lived into his 50s and never walked again. Uh, just a lot of stuff out there on John, and just the first-class individual that he was. So uh, RIP to, to Madden as well. All right, lastly, before we get to the Bulls, Matt Nagy, what the hell are you doing? Nick Foles goes out and wins you a game in Seattle, and you got to go start Andy Dalton? Come on, dude. I'm trying to be nice to you. I'm trying to like you. I'm trying to go against the grain for you. I'm trying to say things like if this was actually your first year in Chicago rather than and you'd flipped it all around, like let's say the Bears win what let's call it six games this year. You win six, and that was your first year, and then you went eight and eight and eight and eight, and you went to the playoffs in one of those two, and then you had the 12 and four. You'd be getting an extension. I want to make that argument for you, Matt Nagy, even though it makes no sense. But I want to make that argument just to underline that he really hasn't been that bad. That's for the record. Has this has has they have the Bears overflowed in talent? No, they haven't. But then you go out and, and it doesn't matter. I get it. But you go out. You you got to start Andy Dalton, who hasn't played since Arizona when he threw four picks and Foles gets a win, dude. Come on, man. And I maybe you're just going out on your own terms, but. No, 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 no. That, 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 that ain't right. All right. Bulls are hot. Let's talk to Beto. Let's talk to Coach A. Bulls, six in a row. The Windy City Bulls podcast starts right now. But first, a message from our friends at the Players Tribune where they've launched their first ever mental health podcast. It's called Blindsided. The hosts are former NHL goalie Corey Hurst, psychiatrist Dr. Diane McIntosh, show will share moments from a variety of athletes where everything changed for them and mental health became the most important focus of their lives. Again, the Players' Tribune, the mental health podcast called The Blind-Sided. It's going to give you an understanding of different types of mental health challenges that people face. A guest this year on this season include Kevin Love, Kurt Warner will be on. So check it out. Uh, Again, Colt. NHL goalie, Corey Hirsch, psychiatrist, Dr. Diane McIntosh. All right. Now. Showtime. Vito, happy new year, buddy. Happy new year as well. Get wild and crazy last night. 
Uh, I actually, I would say for me, it was borderline wild and crazy. We brought in dinner, but we went with steak, salmon, and the lasagna. Two desserts, uh, very over the top here for uh, what I normally would like to be spending in these situations. And there was a champagne toast at midnight, which I thought, you know, that's. Dude, that's wild. Right? I mean, I'm 40 freaking eight years old. Like most of my right. people, you're asleep. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. I was done at 10. Yeah. I just turned 37. So, I mean, I mean you got kids in, in real life over there, and it's just me and Chelsea <laughs> hanging out and the, and the dog. Slightly different, but she's like, we're making it. I'm like, the only way we're going to make it is if we go full cuddle formation and I get some, I mean, I was, I was busting out all the Carm folk hero hits last night. We had this land is your land playing from, from Woody to Arlo boy. Yeah. It was a big night. Let me tell you, Uh, but I was buoyed. I'm sure you were Beto. Maybe that's why you slept so well from, from the DeMar DeRozan heave, which I I can't wait to discuss with you. Dude, I was pumped. I actually got. I was sitting there with what three minutes left. And I think it was the first time in like seven years since basically since LeBron ended our lives in 2015, that I was actually angry about the outcome of a basketball game because they just pissed that game away. And I know it's a regular season game at the end of December. And at the grand scheme of things, the outcome probably is not going to matter too much, but I was actually mad. I was getting really angry. And then DeMar DeRozan just sent me into a pure bliss for the rest of the day. So I'm appreciative of that. We were texting yesterday just for the windy listeners uh, knowledge here and wanting to be the guy as badly as I want to be the guy and have never been the guy. I always put myself in the shoes of Zach Levine. And I'm like, is that guy happy when DeMar DeRozan is hitting game winners? And they showed him yesterday, final possession. I don't know what DeRozan's doing, by the way. Dude, he completely lost track of time. He had okay. no idea. No okay. idea. Okay, but it's just weird because you're coming up the court. There's seven seconds to go. There's really, like, no chance that you lose track of time, but somehow he did. And so Levine's freaking out. Give me the ball. What are you doing? What the fuck? And then, you know, heaves it in. And then Levine takes out his shirt. It looks kind of annoyed. And then just puts his hands up. Okay. Like, and I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) like everybody else had already tackled the dude. He was, you know, like, okay, fine. I'll celebrate. And then he puts out the tweet. Uh, What did he say on Twitter? It was something pretty good. Oh, Oh, New Year's Eve heave or something like that. Yeah. And it's got 25,000 likes and whatever else. So, I I mean, I think I'm not saying he's like bitter than Zach, but I, I, I do wonder like, this you go, I go in the fourth quarter. Can it work for the Bulls? But why should I be wondering about this? Because it's working, right? I mean, I guess that's how I should look at yeah, it. Yeah, and I mean, this dude, the last several years, like you look at one action and maybe he wanted it. Maybe he was more of a like, what are you doing? Because he realized he just sat there with the ball with one second left and didn't do anything. But I think the larger sample from Zach about just getting angry when they lost year after year and game after game and just sacrificing even his usage and his his share of the ball this year just shows like he's not, dude, like he doesn't really give a crap. Like who's who's the guy who gets the ball at the end of the game? He just wants to win. I think that's that's been proven over the last few years. Well, and he made a great uh, down six, the kick to White in the corner to make it a huge point. shot huge shot and unselfish. And then they get the deflection and DeMar finds him ahead of the field. And okay, no big deal to dunk the basketball, but I still loved that dunk. He ripped the rim down. It was awesome. 
fantastic. Can I, can I give a shout out to, so if we were to do like uh, three stars of the game, sure. You know how they do in hockey. So obviously DeRozan is the, whatever, I don't even, I'm wearing a Blackhawks shirt, by the way. It's the only piece of second, actually I have two pieces of Blackhawks apparel. I have a Clark Griswold Blackhawks jersey. That's, that's it. I'm not a high, big hockey guy here, but yeah, I have too. DeRozan, obviously the main star. You have Kobe white, right? Probably number, number two in that game. He was, he was fantastic. He's been really good as of late, which is great. We can talk more about that. But number three, you got to go Casey Johnson. Casey Johnson <laughs> comes in completely cold. Other side of the floor is Robbie Hummel. Doesn't do any play-by-play. They have a testing issue with the mean. Casey Johnson comes in. Play-by-play is not easy, as we both know. And he does a fantastic job. Is it, is, was it perfect? No. But the dude just gets thrust into duty. He thinks, oh, I'm just going to sit here. Gave me maybe my halftime report, talking to the camera with the mask on, so on and so forth. And all of a sudden, he's calling Bulls Pacers. He's pulling out nuggets of Vooch and 20 rebound games and the frequency of that happening. I was I was impressed with the Casey Johnson. So I sit, I'm sitting there watching it and jealous. I'd kill for that job, please. Why couldn't you have called me when Adam <laughs> Amin was not available for 10 minutes? So I'm sitting there, I'm right. listening to, I'm sitting there listening to him like, this is terrible. And then, and then after five minutes, I'm like, and it's kind of great. Like he right. just, he, like you give him his props, you know? Right. I, the I, broadcast itself. I mean, like the quality, cause I mean, they were sitting opposite sides. They, Robbie Hummel doesn't even know who Casey Johnson is. And they like, we're joking about that. And he comes in and he, and he delivers, you know, how hard that is to be thrown into that. And he does a good job. He did. He did. And uh, p- people, I saw Kevin Kadek, uh, who, uh, does a great job in, in his world. He's like, if you tune in right now, if you want to get an idea of how hard it is to do play by play. Right. And, and he, he wasn't even saying it in an, in, at least the way I read it in a negative thing to KC. Right. Uh, and, and Casey's a beat reporter. He's not a play by play guy. So if I had to write, if I had to write a piece on the bulls and have it out in 40 minutes afterwards, that would not go particularly well. <laughs> It would just somehow turn into some mid eighties, obscure bulls <laughs> reference comparing DeMar DeRozan to some random dude I've never heard of who had a game winner I, against the Washington bullets in 1982 or something like that. I, I, I might've gone deep, deep like that, but yes, prop, props to KC really they, their coverage over there. I spent a lot of time today just uh, perusing Rob Schaefer's writings yeah. and Casey's writings that they, they do fantastic work. I pulled out some nuggets. They have a great piece. Uh, on on Javante Green from a couple days ago, and th- this I, th- this is an underlining for why the Bulls are successful this year. Number one, that was a guy that was discarded by the Celtics, and even further back than that, he was undrafted. He was out of Radford. He's playing overseas. Nobody had heard of Javante Green, but it, it's so weird out there right now with players coming in and players going that you just sort of take for granted that, uh, oh, I don't really know who that is, but I'm assuming he's had success success elsewhere, but this guy really hadn't. And the Bulls figured out how to use him at the four, what his skill set was, and he's gotten more opportunities as the year has gone on because of COVID. But that, that's a great job by Arturis in identifying a guy, and it's also a great job by Billy and his staff in figuring out how to use him. It's such a difference from – you know, where they had been the past, however many years with just you, they didn't find, they didn't find guys. They lost the Spencer Dinwiddie's of the world. They, they didn't know what they had right. or, or, or how to use them. A hundred percent. It's funny because we get a lot of uh, the bulls shouldn't have traded Daniel Gafford, bad trade. They could use them. And 
regardless of all that, but if I'm not mistaken, they made that into a three team trade with the Celtics and they don't get Javante green. If they don't make that trade, unless they figure out a way just to make it a direct deal with Boston, but they get Daniel Tice, who was really good last year. Javante green's kind of thrown in. I actually saw a couple of Celtics writers or reporters or some people on Twitter yesterday talking about the Celtics discarded Javante green. And that's exactly the type of player that they could use um, right now. And he's just been, he's been huge. I mean, they're, they're pairing, paying him the bare minimum. They weren't sure if they pay the way he played last year, he priced himself out of coming back. Nobody gave him any sort of big money deal. Not that he was going to get huge money, but they brought him back on a, on a bargain. And the guy's just been a glue guy ever, especially since Patrick Williams got hurt. Signed for the minimum way, way to go. By the way, speaking of former bulls, you know, who absolutely stinks. Lowry Markinen stinks. Terrible. He stinks. He, yeah. He's he's a bad basketball player. They did not get that one wrong. He's, I mean, some if you go through his game log, it is three for 14. He's been really struggling as of late too, especially with Jared Allen out and they've gone through COVID protocols. So they've thrust him into more like bigger situations and he just hasn't played well. It's Kevin the, Love's just basically blown past him in the rotation again. There, there is a big man, a, a, albeit a perimeter big man, but a big man nonetheless. He shot 36% in November. He sh- he's shooting, he shot 41% in December. Lowry, you, you were once good, and uh, I just don't think it's ever going to happen for big Lowry. He got so paid. He, good he, for him. He did get paid. Congratulations. All right, so where are we at here, Beto? They're 23-10. and 10. They're tied for Brooklyn. They have the tiebreaker with the Nets. This is insane. Uh, we, we've reached insanity points, and uh, I, I do think they need one more piece, whatever the hell that is. And by the way, we're missing the coach today. I don't know what happened to the coach. The guy was like available to do the podcast all day yesterday. He said he could do any time today. Been texting him all morning. Guy hasn't been here. It's New Year's. I want to get the windy off. I, I got to leave. So we're doing it without the coach. We'll get him in here. But uh, I, I don't know. What do you, what do you, th- what, what, what is the piece that they need right now? People are like, yeah, hey, you got to trade Kobe White. Maybe, maybe I'm not giving him away. I mean, it's tough because this is the most intriguing part and this I'm going to like make trade season into something boring, but you got to the weigh the risk of want to include Patrick Williams that gets you better for a guy that's here for this year, or just maybe another year, like, like Jeremy Grant's being thrown out a lot and he makes a ton of sense, right? Because they need that three or four, they need another rebounder, another guy that could potentially score guard multiple spots. Do you have to give up Patrick Williams or is it, can you get away with Kobe white and some picks? which I would obviously do with Kobe White and some picks. I'm not giving him away, but I'm giving him away for a guy that's a fringe all-star player. He's got the ties to Denver and AK. He's a good player. Detroit is, doesn't need him at all. I mean, what do you do here? That's, that's I don't know. Do you risk giving up a future, uh, uh, part of your future who doesn't make a lot of money for someone in Jeremy Grant who makes a lot of money for the next year and a half? I don't know. I think everybody on this pod and the Bulls, they love Patrick Williams and you weren't expecting to be in this particular situation right now where the East does feel open. It, it does at least to a point. I, I don't, I personally would play the long game here, but if I was going to argue against myself, DeMar DeRozan ain't young and that's your best player hands down. Do you try to do something that would make sense for right now. And, and how high is up for Patrick Williams? Is he, is this guy going to be a bona fide all-star? I wouldn't rule it out. Physically. He is elite. I would say 
for for somebody that I mean the guy's a monster. I I wouldn't do that trade, but I, you know, some somebody like Kobe White, that's not going to be enough either. By the way, but no. it's, it's so I I don't know. It's a tough spot for them. I, I if I if I'm them if I'm playing it out, how far can we get? Um, that's probably how I would go about it. it I I don't swallowing hard at trading Patrick Williams would be really tough for me to do. Yeah. And at the end of the day, and, and I get the argument on the other side, like you're not going to be always, you're not guaranteed to be in a position like they're in right now ever again, like next year, or the following year, but does Jeremy Grant, for example, if that's the, the ceiling of a type of player that you can get, who's a, he's a good player. Does he make you better than a healthy Brooklyn or a healthy? Right. Exactly. Oh, sir. But I don't think it makes it better. Yeah. So it, I, I, I don't think I know you're not better than Brooklyn. I'm sorry. You're not, there's you, no it, way you're not better than Milwaukee either. In my mind, probably not. I don't even you know. You got to hope that they're, they're injured. Right. Or, I, I, or are you even better than Miami. Again. I'm not sure. The biggest issue was underlined in the Pacer game. They do not rebound the basketball. Correct. They just, they, they don't. And they, and I mean, that's obviously what they'd be looking for, but would one guy put them over the top? The bulls right now, Let's get, I got, I got stats for you, Vito. The Bulls are 24th in the league in rebounding rate, 19th in defensive rebounding rate. Do you know what rebounding rate is? I don't, but those numbers, I, I assume that it matters. And they're I'm not guessing it's a percentage, defensive yeah. rebounding percentage, it, yeah. which is the most important statistic because, I mean, you could, the rebounds itself, it doesn't matter, right? Because you could play at a high pace and have more possessions. And also because your defense is so good, you're going to get about more offensive rebounds because they miss more shots, but it's rebounding percentage, but they're not good at it to your point. So maybe they don't go crazy and try to get someone like Jeremy Grant. Maybe it's more of a big man depth, which we knew was a problem like rim protection, rebounding. I'd be shocked. I would be shocked if they stand pat. I'll say that. They have been aggressive multiple 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 times so i yes i i I mean i think they i i think they'll do something i i do billy donovan goes out in COVID. here comes chris fleming and and they're just winning games i i don't know exactly i just for some reason i just want to give some props to good job chris fleming billy donovan i love you you're the most calming influence that we that we needed in the history of the world after jim boylan but here comes the phlegm dog and (laughs) they've won six in a row the phlegm dog, which I love that you call them that. So this is a Billy Donovan thing. And this is the nerdiest thing I'll ever say on this podcast. Well, it's debatable. The, the Bulls calling timeouts when immediate timeout is about to be due before the opponents shoot free throws is the smallest, most minute detail that gets me so excited because there's data out there that suggests if you take most coaches will just take the timeout after the, the, the free throws, they'll walk it up the court, take a timeout, going into the media. There's data out there that suggests that the opposition shoots a lower percentage free throw out of a timeout, typical to their average, than they do after. So the phlegm dog, using his analytics brain to come up with that, that's something that Billy and some other some of the top coaches in the league do. So I just got to give Clemson phlegm dog. It's hey. a small thing. It's hey. nerdy. I love it. I absolutely love it. I did not know. I did not realize the pay attention. Dog. Yeah. That, the next that, time that had to happen yesterday. 
I'm going to watch the Wizards game today in 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 great detail now, specifically looking for Flem Dog timeouts. Before and, media timeouts, under seven, under three, it's happened. Or I guess just before that. So they they it's call happened. the timeout and then they get a back to back timeout. Is that a, does that? No, happen? no, it takes place of the media timeout. But okay. when you know a media timeout's about to come and it's gonna be it's gonna be used out of your timeout bank. Those coaches will take it before the free throws as opposed to historically you just okay. they walk it up the court they look at the ref they call the timeout but if you take the timeout as opponent is walking to the line it, it decreases their percentage that they're going to make those free throws out of the timeout it sounds to me like theo is 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 made his way to the bulls it's, Theo's it's a, on the bulls Theo, well he Theo. hasn't left the cubs we decided that last time right. he's still part of the cubs. He, he's definitely still part of the cubs and he's now part of the bulls and the bears should hire him too for the record <laughs> and and i didn't when they when they when they announced the phlegm dog and his genius timeout thing i was like give me mo cheeks man like i love mo cheeks that's my guy and uh i'm like who the hell is chris fleming i didn't even know he was their top assistant maybe i should have known that but i didn't like mo cheeks is my dude but then they brought in the phlegm dog and, and he's, I'm sure he's taking Mo's advice as well. But I, like, I did you know, know it's who, funny you did, say that. Did you know who he was before? I knew who he was, but I didn't realize he was like the assistant to the regional manager, like the Dwight oh, Schrute, okay. like the main guy, like to your point. But I, I, I thought the same thing. I was like, Oh, I forgot Mo Cheeks. I'm surprised he's not the, you know, acting head coach. Maybe they need him just to fill in for the anthem, you know, coming up. We know Mo Cheeks has flexed that muscle before. So I, I would go Cheeks, Anthem, Fleming, head coach right now. I, I drove by the United Center recently, and Mo Cheeks was getting out of his car, like going in before the game. I don't know why I was over there. And You're just you're just stalking right now. You're just getting yeah. ready, driving around Wood Street. I'm a West Side Madison, guy. Peoria Street, just yeah. over there, just just hawking, waiting for Bulls basketball. And and there was Mo Cheeks, I think, in his Audi getting out of, you know, just walking in. I, was, I wanted to be like, Mo, you're the man. Like that's my childhood right there. Mo Cheeks bringing the ball for the Philadelphia 76ers. There we got to get it in here. One of my first ever games, Hermie Goodman t- takes the, <laughs> takes the wrong, takes the wrong way. Coach A, by the way, is calling. Should I pick it up? <laughs> let's, let's pick it up. Coach A, we're doing the pot. Are you going to get on the zoom? What's going on here? Or are you, uh, are you, are you, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I was watching a movie with my wife before we got about uh, Are you going to jump on? Okay, jump on. Okay, here we go. Coach A's coming. We got. I think that 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 might be. He heard about her. He just heard a Hermie Goodwin reference, and he's like, "Dude, I gotta hop on." Yeah, he he. When when Hermie Goodwin gets invoked, we got there. I don't know what happened with, with Goodman, but somehow he was late, and like, and then there was terrible traffic. So he's going. He's taking all these weird roads to get to the stadium. It's Bulls Sixers. Doctor J's playing. We got seats in the second balcony, and like, I was must must have been the worst kid ever because I literally was making like every time he took a turn, I was like, "Are we going in the right direction?" Like I like I I I, oh, he, I I mean I was a pain in the ass, but so then we get there, old stadium. Gate uh, one, three, uh, four, and six takes you to the upper level. Hermie Goodman hit was like, like not in good health. We get in there, and like I literally like sp- started sprinting up the twelve flights of stairs to the second balcony. And my, one of my buddies was with me, and he looks. He's like, "What about Hermie?" And I'm like, "Hermie." And and and, and like and Hermie's just waving. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. What about like, Hermie? What about Julius Irving? How about that? I mean, it's Jordan's rookie year. The doctor's here. It's already late first quarter. I'm not waiting for Hermie. Um, I feel bad about that, Hermie. Um, 
RIP. You're the man. Um, Hermie was one of those guys back in the day that he had a, he had a, uh, he had a trailer. What, what's the word I'm looking for? Those things that you travel. He had an RV. He had an RV. Thank you. Jesus. He's like cousin Eddie. He was like cousin cousin Eddie with the RV. We were late. Tenement on wheels. Let's, let's speculate what, what coach a is going to say about the bulls dynamic down the stretch with you go, I go. And that's our, it's going to be my first question. Is this a problem come playoff time? If they don't figure out a more synergistic playing off each other effect, do you think he'll completely deny that that's a thing? That I think you would deny. No, I don't know. He might. He might have some takes in the fourth quarter about their their offensive strategy. I'm curious what he thinks about trading Pat or you know mortgaging the future for for something more immediate. And if someone like Jeremy Grant makes them, you know, in that echelon with Brooklyn and Miami or Brooklyn and Milwaukee, excuse me. All right, here he comes. We're going to go two part questions with Coach A, and we've got about eight minutes to go in this pod. Um, and I think we're going to get some, some solid new year's resolutions, but did you see my news re- resolution? I put out, on I did. Twitter. what do you're you think? Procrastinate. So you're going to get this pod out immediately. This pod's going saying. out today. I am. It's good. It's happening. Coach A, can you hear us? Hey, coach A, we've got, <laughs> we, we, we've been speculating what you're going to say. We've got eight minutes to go in the pod. So give us your best stuff here. First one, Beto, you, you start with your uh, how to make the Bulls better hypothesis or what they will or will not do. We are talking. I'm curious your take. So I don't think the Bulls are going to stamp that. But you have to ask, like, are you willing to mortgage some of the future to, to, to get better now? So, like, the, the example that we gave is Jeremy Grant. So does Jeremy Grant, A, put you in the, the echelon of a healthy and potentially vaccinated vaccinated Brooklyn team and Milwaukee or and would you have to give up Patrick Williams did you do that or is it make sense to play the long game knowing that Jeremy Grant doesn't make you in that category that's 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 one that's, part so yeah, we're looking that's, a tough, that's, that's a tough question tough. absolutely yeah so what do you think uh, <laughs> putting you I mean we're coming in hot I would I would be I'm not sure on Jeremy Grant. One, what's going on with him now? Is he even playing right now? He's out, but that's been floated as a a speculatory rumor. In Detroit, he's got this year and next year, like 20 mil. He's got obviously the familiarity with AK in Denver. He's kind of that three, four position, which the Bulls might need. They need rebounding, what we talked about too. So, or someone like Jeremy Grant, I guess. Yeah, not 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 to complicate. Have to be him. Not to complicate things, but would you trade Patrick Williams for a guy who gets you close? That that you could, if things went your way, you you'd have a shot at it. Would you do that? I would probably say no, based upon how good I think Patrick Williams is going to be. So if if I felt and they have a better feel for that than I do. I talked to somebody that has trained him a little bit or has spent a little time, and he thinks he's got star potential, okay? So if I was AK and I felt that same way, I'm not making the trade. It's this is too the hard insight we needed. Talking to Patrick Williams' trainer, I love but, it. But it's too hard. Team of him. So that's why that 
What I would say is no, if I think that, if I had Patrick Williams, I think he's going to be a really nice player, you know, a good player. But Jeremy Grant is already that nice player. Then I make the trade. I want to, want to get your take here, Coach, on uh, the you-go-I-go nature of what the Bulls look like, at least at times in the fourth quarter. Zach, bring it up. Zach, take it down. Zach shoots a ridiculously tough fadeaway. Zach somehow makes it. Zach's amazing. Okay, next time it's DeMar, 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 DeMar. He's shooting his pull-up, getting guys off balance, doing what he does. I, I, I do wonder if they're a little too much you-go-I-go, kind of like the Heat were they're not obviously LeBron and, and D Wade, but when that, when that team didn't win, it's because they, they, they never really came together. The bulls are winning. So maybe my point is, is not a good one here, but I do wonder like come playoff time, the way they go about it and teams really key in if it's built to last. No, um, it's not built to last. If it, if it is like that, I, you know, you, you made a comment yesterday. I told you guys I had, I had takes, I do think Zach Levine was frustrated yesterday. I do think he was a little frustrated yesterday. Um, I don't think he was upset with DeMar DeRozan for hitting the shot. I don't think Zach's nature is to be the guy that's going to go run and jump on the pile, especially when he's on the opposite side of the court. I, I just don't, you know, he's more of a cool, that's just not going to be his nature to do something like that for the most part. But I do think he was frustrated yesterday in part with how, Demar was playing. I, I don't want to. I don't want to put it on Demar as to how Demar was playing, but where I can really understand where Zach was frustrated. If you look at his previous games, he was seven for eleven from three, five for eight from three, five for nine from three, six for seven from three, and yesterday he gets three three-point shots, two of which were like those three-point shots where he like drives a guy all the way to the free throw line and has that ridiculously glide back to the three-point line shot. Two of the three were that. And I do feel like if the Bulls probably look at the tape of this game, they're going to say, we got to do a better job of getting Zach Levine open um, rather than DeMar DeRozan doing as much one-on-one as he did in this particular game. Um, DeMar DeRozan took 24 shots, went to the free throw line, you know, had 12 free throw shots, had six assists. They largely just gave the ball to DeMar DeRozan this game. And DeRozan, being defended by a pretty good defender, of, uh, this is the reason you might see why DeMar was traded a few times, right? That he does have an, an ability to become a little bit of an individualistic player. And I think, um, I think last night you did see Zach a little bit frustrated. And I do think that what you're saying on the built-to-last part is – if you have two good perimeter defenders like Torrey Craig, Justin Holiday, and you could put some size players and some good players, that one-on-one is not built to last for those two guys. They're going to have to be able to get Vucevic more involved offensively. Let's give credit. Kobe White hit shots yesterday. They're going to need Lonzo Ball to do a little bit more. They, they will have to have a little more balance than just, hey, DeMar, carry us out of this again, or DeMar and Zach maybe trade off each of them getting frustrated at the other guy is the one playing one-on-one. So I don't think it's built to last in the playoffs. They will have to do better in games like this. Coach, one thing we touched on earlier was uh, also Javante Green and how the Bulls, A, identified him 
as somebody who could help them and be the way they've used them. You're shaking your head. It's, it's impressive. Incredible. Right? Yeah. I mean, I owe sumo the same. I mean, somebody I was with last night told me that he thinks the bulls just got lucky kind of in some ways, like that, like there wasn't a plan that this was a mishmash thing. And, and he made the point of like DeRozan and Zach Levine. He didn't think Zach Levine and DeRozan would work out. And you guys remember my statement that I think Levine is best playing more like Clay Thompson, right? Get this guy three point shots. He's a great three point shooter. And I think that's what was frustrating about last night is they didn't treat him like Clay Thompson. They didn't get him shots. They're not running him off screens. They're not doing things. He's just kind of standing there watching the game. And that's where there was some frustration on that, but give AK credit in them. They put great athletes. They wanted to be versatile defensively with athleticism. And they, they went that route. They went and got a big guy that they felt was skilled. I think they're still waiting for Vucevic to find that full form that he had in Orlando with, with DeRozan and Levine. And they went out and got a player that changes their whole dynamic from a offensive standpoint. Uh, you know, a player you can go to that not only can score, but scores at the foul line, makes passes, you know, et cetera. Vito, do you get irritated watching Vooch? Or is it just me? Oh, it's infuriated. But okay. <laughs> I will say this. he's He's been a lot better as of late, right? He... And I think he's one of those, I think what would frustrate me about him, I don't know if this is fair, I'm just making this up, but when he was not shooting well and like missing bunnies and whatever, it seemed to affect him on the other end. He wasn't as good rebounding. He like got burnt all the time. I know he's not an elite defensive player as it is, but that would drive me nuts. But I think he looks more engaged around the rim and defensively now that he's actually making some shots. The, the guy. 15, 12 to 18 rebounds right now. He's been, yeah, he's been better. You know, I, I think you have to say the same thing for Kobe white. You got to take into, into account the challenges of going from a player who's used to getting the ball consistently to now shooting off of other players, getting the ball consistently. And I think that both, you know, Vooch really is still struggling with that somewhat. Remember in Orlando, he was option number one when he first came to the bulls. In a lot of ways, the Bulls kind of turned him into option number one in a lot of ways. And now he's option number three. And I think he's trying to find his way through that. Uh, Kobe White, as you see, was horrible coming in for the five, six minutes he's going to get or seven minutes. But now being a starter and being able to get those consistent minutes, you're seeing him find his, find his game. And I think you got to hold into account players who are – their, their game is scoring. It's a little more challenging when you're not being all on a consistent basis where you want. So hopefully Vucevic just keeps getting better from here. One thing you want to see for the Bulls in 2022 here, Beto, that we haven't seen. I got two minutes before I got to go do a outstanding sports update. I want to see when Lonzo Ball comes back an ability to score and get to inside the three-point line and being able to finish and get to the foul line if needed, because I think they're going to need that in the, in the postseason. So if I had a wish list of something realistic, I think that's, that's what stands out to And I think Lonzo's been great, so don't get me wrong, but I, I think if you could I add think, that, I, I think, think that would right. help a lot. I think you're right. I, they need... It's a fitting end for the pod with coaches think 
freaking out. Hey, I like it. He says, I think you're right. And then that's it. Yeah. (laughs) Now that'll be against the Rams. And Jim McMahon got that penalty. What he does is after he takes a penalty, Bob Greasy used to be the master at this. He uses a cadence to draw him offside. As he said, he said, I always get him when I go, hut, hut, hut! This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. And then hut, and it's on four. Now watch him, he's going, hut, hut, hut! See, but the guy got his guy, Keith Van Horn, number 78, instead of the ramp defense. McMahon was trying to get them, and it got his own guy. I saw him out here earlier, and he was just in a T-shirt. You know, he's getting that weight down. I've always noticed when a guy gets his weight down, he starts wearing a lot of T-shirts. You thought his weight was going down? I think his weight's going down. Yeah, I do. I think that seven and a two is getting closer to the middle of his body now. Looked like a full package to me when we were down on the field before. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.